102.7 ESPN Studios in Austin, Texas. This is The Jeff Ward Show. Hey, welcome to our little show. Here's the way it works. I riff on stuff and you respond. Pretty straightforward, right? Uh, The phone numbers, you'll need them. Yes, they work. Jeff just needs to do it. 512-834-1027. Wait, yeah, 1027. I get yelled at all the time about that. That's 512-834-1027. If you want to uh, follow me on Twitter or X or whatever we're calling it this week, that's fine. I'm at Jeff Ward Show. You want to post comments on Twitter or X or whatever we call it this week, I suggest you do so. There's a lot for you. A lot. Some of it's pretty hard to believe. Some of it is straight from a Coen Brothers movie. So post your comments. Feel free to do it. Just please don't suck. Make the show better. Get straight to the point. That's at Jeff Ward Show. Uh, make sure you check out the podcast. I would suggest as a if you are a concerned citizen in any capacity, even if you don't vote, you need to listen to the conversation about your political heroes in the state of Texas and the effort to stop telling you the state of Texas will be the last place to legalize recreational marijuana. But this is even more extreme than that. And this one, all of you will appreciate this conversation with one of my favorite people. This one has the lovable Winston Churchill of our time, Kenneth Paxton's face all over it. Check it out. If you ever wondered about, you have to think about this sometimes, and not not to get off on this tangent. And again, I don't, I, I don't use marijuana. I, I I don't care that you do. So my template is this: it's not worth taxpayer money to make it criminal. Every notice how I'm just talking about economics here. Every economic indicator would tell you anyone who's not a user and just doesn't care. I'm telling you, French fries are a bigger problem in this state than marijuana. But every economic indicator would tell you that legalization is the smartest thing to do. Practically every law enforcement department would tell you it's the smartest thing to do. So why not? Overwhelmingly, the people say, just legalize. This is even about that. This is about decriminalization of small amounts. It's unbelievable. The question would be, is this, one, why more politicians don't talk about legalizations, particularly Democrats, in the very beginning is beyond me. You're really screwing up in more ways than one. It's the only chance you would have. But number two, this might very well, I'm never going to say the beginning of the end of Ken Paxton because there's no end in sight for that piece of trash. But this is a, this is a bad political move for Ken Paxton, I think. Check it out, see if you agree. Uh, subscribe to the podcast. We drop it each afternoon. The Jeff Horchio podcast is available wherever you download your podcasts. Same with the YouTube channel as well. Check it out. We drop a YouTube show every afternoon. Jeff Ward Show on YouTube. <sighs> Tyreek Hill, I said that. Tyreek Hill has amazing focus. It's pretty, pretty remarkable. Jeff, why are you about to talk about Tyreek Hill? It's a fair question. Doesn't seem like it would be, you know, much of a topic today. Who does it? 
I'm going to talk about Tyreek Hill because his life on the football field is pretty impressive to say the least. He is arguably the most dangerous player in the game when it comes to the ball in his hands. He's the most dangerous player in the game in the NFL, not named Patrick Mahomes. There's that part. There's the football part of Tyreek Hill. But more importantly, off the field, this guy's life is nuts. And he is now involved in the most bizarre, at times comical, lawsuit you've ever heard. This thing has got to be televised. It's just got to be televised. He's a, he's a mess. I mean, how this guy could be in all, all the issues, legal issues that he's in all the time, it seems like. All of the uh, love issues he seems to have all the time. Now all the injury issues off the field he seems to have a lot of the time, particularly with this one. And then he can turn right around and be the second most dangerous player in pro football today. Remember, Tyreek Hill is a player, a receiver for the Miami Dolphins. By the way, he's 5'10", 185 pounds. And you're going to think, well, who cares, Jeff? It's very important. Okay? It is very important for the conversation. But Tyreek Hill ends up with, what, 100? I think he has 119 catches. He has almost 1,800 yards receiving. He was on pace to have a 2,000-yard receiving season, but he missed at least two games, was injured for two to three others. He had something like 191 targets. He averaged 16 yards a catch. He, I believe, is clocked at the fastest time of the entire season or second fastest time at close to 24 miles per hour. The guy is freakish on the field. He really is. Off the field, oh my. Well, here we go. Um, I don't know what, I'm not optimistic. If you start posting on this that it's going to be tasteful, I'm not optimistic at all. I am not optimistic that uh, you're going to be well-behaved. I think it can be, you're probably going to be offensive at times. All that stuff is probably in play, but it's almost impossible not to do. Tyreek Hill is involved in a lawsuit now. <laughs> lawsuit now. Did I mention he's 5'10", 185 pounds? Okay? Just need to know that right now. Tyreek Hill, in, and I'm not even doing it justice. Uh, let's see. He was kicked out of Oklahoma State for choking his girlfriend. He was, he's involved in least, and I say at least, it might be three or four, but I know of at least two child support cases involving different women. His six or seven-year-old set his house on fire. This is all this season, last few months. And now he's being sued by a model... <laughs> over a blocking drill that didn't turn out so right. Did I mention he's 5'10", 185 pounds? Okay, good. Here we go. Oh, Tyreek. Oh, I forgot to mention he wants to retire and do porn. Yeah, that too. <laughs> um, Tyreek Hill probably pulls down about, um, oh, I don't know, $20 million a year easily. He's probably worth it. I don't know what male porn actors make, but I'll bet you it's anywhere close to $20 million. It might not even be minimum wage, but he said, <laughs> he said he wants to retire early to do porn. Okay, that is the backdrop for the mess that is Tyree Kill. Now get ready for this. This really is straight out of a Coen Brothers movie. You couldn't make it up. 
If you did, you would, you know, you'd get paid for the script and it would be hilarious. So here we go. Miami Dolphin star Tyreek Hill is facing a lawsuit from a model. A model who claims his anger caused a blocking drill at his house to go horribly wrong. Now I'm going to have to read that again because there's no way any of that made any sense. Tyreek Hill is facing a lawsuit from a model who claims his anger caused a blocking drill at his house to go horribly wrong. All right, got it? There's the setup. Yeah, uh, during blocking dr- drills at his house with a model. <laughs> a model. Did I tell you that Tyreek Hill weighs 185 pounds? Did I tell you that? Just need you to know that. Okay, so let's go. Who's the model, Jeff? Why are they blocking each other in his house? Why? I don't know. It's Tyreek Hill. It's what he does. Sophie Hall. Don't know who she was before now, but I, we now know her name. Sophie Hall. Who's Sophie Hall, everyone? If you said to yourself, well, that is Jeff. That's a plus-sized influencer. You'd be right. That is a plus-sized influencer. I don't know what that means. No, I, I don't. I have no idea what that means. So Sophie Hall, a plus-size influencer with 2 million followers on Instagram, (laughs) claims she was invited to take part in blocking drills at his house. Now, does it sound romantic to you? doesn't really sound that romantic to me. I've never heard that kind of line before. You know, it'd be great if you come over to the house and we <laughs> work on some blocking drills because that's just what Tyreek Hill does. But did I mention he weighs 185? Okay. Put yourself on a jury because right. this is just going to be a circus. Put yourself on a jury. I think his best defense is he weighs 185. You know why? Because Sophie does not. She does not. Here's the case. Uh, Her lawyer says Tyreek Hill, a National Football League superstar, perennial pro bowler, first-team all-pro, and world-class athlete nicknamed the Cheetah for his incredible combination of strength and speed, makes his living humiliating and outperforming his competition on the football field. Unfortunately, the lawsuit says, after getting humiliated in front of friends and family where he was knocked backwards during a football lesson by his friend, Sophie Hall, Tyreek became enraged and forcibly and purposefully shoved Ms. Hall, fracturing her leg. All right, what's the deal here, Jeff? Why would Tyreek do that? Um, Tyreek's defense is they were doing, he and the plus-sized influencer were doing blocking drills at his house. And she claims he shoved her back. But hang on, jury. Sophie is six feet one and weighs 250 pounds. Maybe that's why Tyreek wanted to practice his blocking, which I don't pay Tyreek Hill to block. You know that? I I don't really care how much. I I think it's neat that Tyreek Hill wants to practice his blocking. I wouldn't recommend plus-size models at his house, but 
If I'm the Miami Dolphins, I'm not that concerned about Tyreek Hill's blocking. I need Tyreek to catch more passes. But Tyreek decided he was going to refine his skill in blocking, and he invited over the plus-size influencer at 250 pounds, and he claims she shoved me backwards because she weighs 250. She claims, yeah, I did, but then he shoved me backwards, and I broke my leg, so pay me. It's got to be on TV. Like, this is the best thing I've ever heard. Like, this is just the best thing I've ever heard. Uh, I don't know what to believe. I mean, I know she's 6'1", 250. Maybe she can't block that well. I don't know. I really don't. I know you're going to ask, Jeff, they have clothes on. I I don't know that either. Probably with Tyreek, probably not. No, I think that Tyreek might be naked a lot. On the first defensive line rep... Hall, that's the plus-size influencer, alleges that she pushed Tyreek Hill backwards, drawing laughter from a group of witnesses watching the blocking drills, including his, <laughs> his trainer, his trainer, his mother, and his sister. Apparently, when Tyreek Hill invites people over to block plus-size influencers, everyone else needs to come over and watch. Do you think his trainer at any point said, you know what, Tyreek, I don't think it's a great idea we do blocking drills at the house with models. Why don't we just do this at the workout complex? But that's not the way life is for Tyreek Hill. So the model at 61250 claims that she shoved him backwards and the trainer, the mom, and the sister all began laughing. This is what she says. Hall claims that Hill became embarrassed and angry, in quotations, and he insisted that they do the drill in opposite positions. The second rep was apparently interrupted by a puppy. Yeah, of course it was. <laughs> of course. Like, can you script this whole thing out, right? The mom's there to watch blocking drills. Everyone's naked doing blocking drills. Tyreek is trying to block a 250-pound model. And then the dog comes up. It happens. It happened in a real game. Uh, the second rep, she claims in her lawsuit, was interrupted by a puppy. The third rep saw Ms. Hall, the plus-size influencer, shove Tyreek back. But on the fourth rep, because I guess we're going to do 10 reps of blocking drills today and then put our clothes back on and just chat. On the fourth rep, Hill allegedly charged into her with great force, leaving her in excruciating pain. Oh, not to say that Tyreek does not have issues, not to say that he doesn't have anger issues, but if you're lining up and blocking each other and the fourth one he shoved you backwards, that's part of the drill. If you signed up to do blocking drills at Tyreek's house, which I think is a really bad idea, I think it's a really, I would not go to Tyreek's house. And then it burned down, of course, by his kid. But I wouldn't go to Tyreek's house. I don't think that's a good night. Never seems to end very well for anyone. But if you go to his house, if you're sitting on a jury right now, you go to his house and you agree to line up sumo style. Sorry. Sumo style and block Tyreek Hill or have Tyreek Hill block you in one-on-one blocking drills at his house in front of, it, in front of his mom and he shoves you backwards. Is that a crime? I mean... Tyreek's given up 70-something pounds. 
Just throwing it out there because I don't know. I don't know if he's guilty this time, but I guess we're going to find out. So he he shoved her back. She claims she broke her leg. She was later diagnosed with a fracture in her right leg. The lawsuit contains pictures of her leg and x-rays. And she had to have surgery on the broken leg. She uh, posted a video of herself in a wheelchair with the same x-rays. So now we've got a civil case going on, one of like, what, a dozen of these civil cases against Tyreek Hill. Get the cast of characters together again. Tyreek, plus-size model, blocking drills in front of his mom, trainer, and sister, and shockingly, it all goes horribly wrong. Jeff Ward, weekdays on 102.7 ESPN. On 102.7 ESPN. Now back to the Jeff Ward Show. All right, 512-834-1027. I mean, I I should take all the blame. I threw it out there. I I knew somebody. uh, We now have a picture of Sophie Hall, who was involved in blocking drills (laughs) with, with Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Let's see. How do I do this justice? Well, the picture that's posted on Twitter, I'm not looking at it anymore. I'm not inviting anymore. I've done enough day. This is going to end badly no matter what. Sophie is, she's a very pretty face, lovely hair. She's big. She's bigger than Tyreek Hill. I don't know about strength-wise, but there you go. At... T3 Monahan says, is blocking drills a new euphemism for instead of come over to Netflix and chill, it's come over for some blocking drills? Well, but they did. I mean, it wasn't like come over for some blocking drills and then, you know, he and Sophie are doing what Tyree Kill apparently does a lot. They actually blocked with a trainer. Ended badly, she says. Oh, boy. Um, at Sir Nussbaum, Tyreek Hill going for the record. Sophie Hall, get in line. Soup number six is next. Oh, yeah, six of these suits going on. Not, not like this. They're usually, I've had Tyreek's baby or whatever. Oh, man. I'm telling you, Google the guy. It is, once you get past the long list of football accomplishments, he's a mess. <laughs> he's just an absolute mess. Uh, last night's Texas Tech-Texas basketball game was a, I think a lot of us thought, for good reason, it was a disaster waiting to happen. Court storming is a thing, has been a thing for years. It's very much in the news now because a Duke player was injured because knuckleheads ran onto the floor and the Duke player was injured and everyone for the past Four days has been talking about how do you stop it, how do you fix it, how do you punish somebody for it. And there's other sides that say, listen, it's a, it's a lot of fun. There's nothing to do. Oddly enough, last night it was mentioned a giant net should be dropped on people who run on the floor. All this is leading up to Texas's last basketball game in Lubbock. And it just, it if Texas were to lose, which wasn't a stretch because they were the underdog and they're really not very good this year, you knew that that people would go crazy in Lubbock and storm the court. Well, guess what? I think everyone knew the solution to no court storming in Lubbock is Texas to win. 
It happened. There was no court storming. But, of course, you know what I think I saw? I, I think these bottles that were being thrown, does this still happen? I don't, I don't drink on an airplane. But do they still have those tiny little bottles of alcohol? You know, the little airplane liquor bottles. I don't know where you even get those anymore. Well, whatever. Instead of court storming, it was small bottle throwing. And the game had to be, there's a, a brutal foul. Texas players kicked out of the game, I think for pretty good reason. Brutal foul along, uh, along the bench. Texas guy gets ejected. Here comes the stuff. And this goes on for a while. So it wasn't court storming. It was just Lubbock, Texas on fire. McConaughey, he's the minister of culture, but he's probably the chief of staff in that department. And there's Bronk again coming right at us. Oh, look out! Coming right at us. And right in front of our table, tempers flare between these two heated rivals. And not in a throwing stuff. Can't do that. Port this out. Now here they come. Watch this. This is just good basketball. And that's, that's, that should be a foul, and maybe a flagrant foul on Brock Cunningham. Watch the hip check right here. Ooh. They'll look at it. That should be a flagrant yeah. foul. It's at least a flagrant one on Cunningham. Possibly there? a flagrant two. Um, I can't remember the analyst's name. He, he's pretty good, but I don't understand what he meant. That's just good basketball. Oh, it's a flagrant foul. Wait, what? That's good basketball? Oh, but it's a flagrant foul. Just remember that. His first comment was, you know, they run into the table where the announcers are, obviously ESPN announcers. Brock Cunningham just <laughs> lays this dude out. It's a loose ball. It looks like it's a 50-50 ball that's probably, what, 15 feet away from the both? And they both are starting to go after it. And they're going after it hard. And Brock Cunningham, who's a tough guy for Texas, decides to, in soccer, you'd say it's a shoulder charge. He lowers his shoulder into the guy, knocks him into the table, and it's on. Okay. Yeah. And then Marcus Gritter... The previous play is under review. Yeah. Two fouls. Number 30 from Texas has committed a flagrant two foul for severe contact. So he is ejected from the game. We will also have an administrative technical so Brock foul Cunningham. against Texas Tech for the fans throwing debris on the floor. Well, I hear in one piece. Fans are being removed from the stands. This was a just called a set. They're gonna. They may give it a second one. For throwing debris on the floor. And Rodney Terry's holding up two fingers like this, the second time it's happened. And here comes another water bottle. Uh, I think I think Grant McCaslin. And even more. Uh, this is not good. <laughs> Things are getting out of control. Yeah, this is not good. If I'm Grant McCaslin, I get on the microphone right now. And the entirety of the Texas bench is near mid Everybody listen. Hey, right here. Everybody listen. Everything that gets thrown on the floor, we're going to get a technical foul. Listen to me. 
It's got to stop. It's got to stop. Nothing else on the floor. Am I clear? I mean, I don't know where to start with this. I mean, they weren't water bottles. I mean, some were water bottles being thrown. Uh, they weren't... Okay, by the way, did I see Flava Flav at that game, walking around shaking hands? Am I delirious? Because the whole thing was weird. But I think he was behind the bench walking around. Is he from Lubbock? Wow. That would be remarkable. Okay, so it was a weird... It was about a five-minute stretch, which was bizarre. Tech is, Texas is blowing out Tech, which is shocking on its on its own. You had the you had the foul, and it was and it was flagrant. And I guess we can debate whether or not the guy should get kicked out. I, I think you probably need to. I mean, I get it. He goes running off, and he holds up one finger. Um, let's the he didn't he didn't flip the crowd off. I'm not saying that he just held up a finger, and that made him angrier. Um, and so they start throwing stuff, and then the cops got this guy. And they've picked this guy up, and they're carrying him up the stairs, and that makes people angrier. More bottles are thrown. So that was really about a, a minute-and-a-half clip, and then all this happened over about three or four minutes. So, you know, now we've talked about court storming. What, what should happen now? I mean, anything? There was no court storming. There just was a lot of bottles thrown on the floor. Um, and then I got this other thing. <laughs> What do you think about the coaches grabbing the mic and pretty much yelling at everyone? Now, that coach sounds just like he's running some drill in practice. Hey, 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 listen up. Listen up, everybody, right here. I don't know if that made them angrier or if it made them stop. But I don't know if we can go back to the coach. He finally, after all this is going on, it took a while, he finally goes over there, and then he comes storming over there, and he's mad. I don't blame him for being mad. I just wonder if it's really the best answer is for the coach to talk to the crowd. The of the Texas bench is near midcourt. listen. Hey, right here. Everybody listen. <laughs> Everything that gets thrown on the floor, we're going to get a technical foul. Listen to me. It's got to stop. It's got to stop. Nothing else on the floor. Am I clear? Is that the best way to talk to him? I don't know. Sounds like all of us talking to our kids in the back of the car. Never works. What do you think of that? How he addressed this? He's pissed anyway. They're playing terribly. Um, you know, I think he feels like the 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 the... the the foul and the ejection maybe gives his team a chance to get back into it. I mean, I, I don't know. He, he's frustrated, but I don't know if that's the best. I don't know if that's the best path because people didn't seem like they cared that he said that. And then the odd part, you heard the announcer say that Texas was in midcourt, and I assume they're in midcourt because stuff's being thrown at them. And I think they wisely decided, you know, the best spot for us is not right next to the bench. Um, because those small liquor bottles, which I have no idea, is that how you drink alcohol in Lubbock? Those tiny little bottles? Because those were being out on the floor as well. Um, so Texas moves to center court to, I, 
They're just hanging out there. And all this goes on for a long time. So you didn't get the court storming that everyone feared. You had something similar in a different kind of way. Jeff Ward, weekdays on 102.7 ESPN. Better like that, kid. Well, you know, I don't sleep a whole lot, so at times I'm kind of delirious. And I said, did anyone else notice that Flava Flav was walking around? In fact, if you heard the very beginning of the ESPN clip, but when the when the foul happened and Brock Cunningham of Texas was ejected, I believe <laughs> they were talking about Flava Flav, who's walking around behind the bench and doing selfies with people. And I guess that led to some mention, of course, of Matthew McConaughey. I don't know. I'm hearing that, and I'm thinking, I I need some red wine right now because none of this is adding up. This is just bizarre. It's a bizarre scene. Sure enough, those of you on Twitter or X or whatever we call it, you've done your work. You've done uh, great work so far. You were quick to start posting pictures of the plus-sized model that had the blocking issues (laughs) with Tyreek Hill in her pink... Very, very, very tight warm-up suit. And now you've posted a... I don't know what... What is, what is this? It's a poster for Flava Flav. And uh, what is this? Is this a bar? Is he like a the school sponsoring this? This is just weird, too. Wear black, February 27th at 8 p.m., Texas Tech v. Texas, and it shows the logos, with special guest... When you think of Lubbock, who else do you think of? If you had this fill-in-the-blank special guest, Lubbock, Texas, you say Flava Flav. That's what you say. And there he is with the big clock on his chest. Yep. Okay. Does anyone know this now? Did they pay him to come and walk around? What did he do? Is there a show? You know what I'd like to see? I'd like to see Flava Flav perform in, bunch of, in front of a bunch of people from Lubbock. I really would. I'd like to see that. That might make me happy. So what is he doing there? He's a special guest just because? And why would Texas Tech pay Flava Flav to walk around and take selfies? I mean, you got surely they're selling the tickets. It's a Texas game. This can't be right. This cannot be right. Do you know the sponsor of Flava Flav's special guest appearance? Don't shoot the messenger, all right? I'm going to spell it for you. The sponsor was, it's a law firm, at G-O-R-I-L-L-A law firm. I believe that's Gorilla Law Firm. Wow, this is weirder. Getting weirder by the second. (laughs) The whole night's an acid trip. Um, Okay, well, it's another day, another raging debate about the Dallas Cowboys. I think I've said a lot of this before that, you know, so everyone yelled at me yesterday when I said this week is the most important week of the football season, next two weeks really, because it defines 
your roster for next season. And I'm not talking about the draft. Right now, it is free agents, free agency period. This is when you, when you're, you know, you're not going to make too many deals, but you're either positioning for a free agent, you're trading players, free agents are leaving, and or you're prepping for the draft. It these two weeks define your roster for next season. And the NFL is about rosters. So yeah, I feel pretty comfortable saying it's the most important two weeks of the season because this is it. You lose guys, you gain guys. It's that simple. So I don't think Dallas can do and will do a heck of a lot. I, I, I really don't. Um, I kind of agree that the play of the day would, for Dallas would probably be Saquon Barkley. The Tony Pollard experiment has not worked out. It wasn't even an experiment. It just hasn't worked. Uh, Dallas is probably running a risk of losing. I think this is the beginning of the window shutting on the, your Dallas Cowboys because I think they're probably going to lose an offensive lineman. They probably won't lose anybody else except... Maybe Tony Pollard this year, but then it's um, it's a complete about face next year. So I do think Dallas could try to be proactive and try to make a deal to get Saquon Barkley. I don't know if Saquon Barkley wants Dallas because I don't know that he thinks they can win, and he might have other options. He's a Giants running back, and the Giants have said we're not gonna we're not gonna we're not gonna pay him. So it'd be an interesting move by Dallas. I think the I think the burden is on them. That starts, of course, I guess, another debate in free agency because the story of free agency is going to be about Justin Fields of the Bears, who the Bears, I think, are going to let him walk. They should. And I think it's he ends up in either Atlanta or Tennessee. I don't know of another good fit for him. So I think that's going to start the entire free agency domino effect because next up is Kirk Cousins. Next up is Russell Wilson. Next up is a debate about Dak Prescott whether or not he'll be made the highest-paid player in the NFL next year. I don't think Dallas does anything now. I wouldn't. I would wait. <clears throat> I don't know if the old man, I don't know what he wants to do. I would have already fired Mike McCarthy, but they didn't do that. So Dallas is in a waiting position, I think, and the only thing they can do is probably chase down Saquon Barkley and try to get him to sell him on the idea that it's a good team that could actually win. The problem is convincing him of that. So here goes the ESPN crew and Stephen A. Smith to probably tell you what you already think about the Cowboys. Here's where it starts. They've got talent that's good enough. But you see, the culture is bad, but guess what? It's not just about the team. It's about the fandom. Mm. It's about the environment. See, people don't realize this. You know, just like D-Law, Demarcus Lawrence comes on first take during Super Bowl week. Basically talked about, told on himself the whole nine, mad respect to him. But what is he talking about? Being a cowboy, everybody's bringing you their A game. Every week feels like a Super Bowl. Mm. Mentally, emotionally draining. Micah Parsons comes on my podcast, Stephen A. Smith Show. He didn't want to say that. He didn't want to bring that. He didn't like the fact that D-Law brought that up, and I get all of that. But my point is, is that it told the truth because it crystallized what mm. plagues the Cowboys. Jerry Jones is a marketing genius. He's a beautiful businessman. He's going to get you notoriety. He's going to get you headlines. It's going to, it's going to transition into money and yep. attention. As a result, 
that fandom's going to get caught up in it. And they're going to be like, ah, right on top of you. And as a result of that, the players have to respond to that. The players have to go on the field. You're talking about Jerry Jones. You're absolutely right. But it doesn't stop with him. It's just, it's, it's, a, it's a byproduct. It's him. It's the okay. fan base. It's the fandom. It's everything. They can't handle it. Um, yeah, I, I don't know where, I mean, I assume that started with free agency. I think I said kind of, the, I've said kind of the same thing. Uh, I, the culture term, I think, is, is overused. I, I've told you, Dallas is tight. They play tight. Um, uh, where it comes from, I guess we can debate. And I, I don't know that he's wrong, necessarily. They they play tight. I mean, Green Bay came in and kicked him around because Green Bay let it go. They didn't play tight. Something, all the forces I think he just talked about do work on Dallas being a tight team. They got their coach tightly. Uh, the defensive coordinator had one foot out the door. It was it was it was a mental mess. So I I think there's something to it. I I would say. I would say they're tight. They, that's what happens to them in big games. And it happens to some players. It doesn't happen to Kansas City. It didn't happen to Brady. And there's different ways to go about it. But yeah, I think, it's, I think it's somewhat fair. I think he's all but saying they choked. Yep. Hard to argue that too. I think to a, a degree, it applies to San Francisco as well. They play, they get a little tight. They start to make mistakes. They start to lose kind of that free-flowing form. Uh, that's what Mahomes does to an entire entire football team is the way he plays and the way Andy Reid coaches. But there's not a whole lot. I mean, Dallas has th- this two weeks, try to make a deal or two. Uh, the draft, I don't think long-term, is going to make a, much of an impact on Dallas. And then I think the window absolutely slams shut on their chances. I really do. There's no way they can keep much of what they have, and you're going to start to see it kind of leave and walk out the door this season, but not completely yet. You, if you really want to go get Saquon Barkley near the Cowboys, and I think it would help, and they do have the money, then you sell them on the idea of two years. Hey, we're second most all-pro players you got, you're in a trash team right now that's going nowhere offensively. You got no help up front. You come here for two years because he's going to look at it. He's not stupid. His agent's not stupid. They're going to try to hit you up for a bunch of money for a longer term deal. And you're crazy if you give him or any running back a long term deal. You are crazy. That is a fina- that is financial train wreck waiting to happen. You go out and get him on a short term deal and you set him on the idea we got, if we had you, we got a chance to win and close the deal. You got to convince him. He comes to Dallas, he can win because that's all that should matter to him at this point. I'm not sure he's going to believe them. It's hard to get over getting blasted at home by Green Bay. That's the only move Dallas can really make right now. It's the it's probably enough for a good roster next season, and then after that you can forget it. Make sure you check out the Jeff Ward Show podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to the Jeff Ward Show podcast or the aliens are going to come and get you. On 102.7 ESPN. Now back to the Jeff Ward Show.
You better shut up, smoker voice. That uh, better like that other kid too. And I think it's hearing that cute voice. That's a Swifty in my house, and it's uh, mentioning that because I need to be worried right now, and maybe a lot of you as well. You devil worshippers. I don't know what to do now. Uh, this is not something I'd thought about. Um, I thought it was cute. The friendship bracelets were cute. Going to see the concerts. Not well. Concert shows. The Ward family's not spending ten grand to go see the show live. But I thought it was kind of harmless fun. Didn't most of you? She seems... And we've been tricked. She seemed past tense pretty wholesome. It seemed okay by most of us. This must mean if... She's promoting satanic rituals, then Travis Kelsey must be on it too. This one I've never heard before. Should I be worried as a parent? Should you? What do we do about this, kids? Remember the old days when. Remember growing up, you would hear about if you played the songs backwards, <laughs> it would say stuff? Remember that? Anybody ever try it? <laughs> You scratch the record. I didn't hear anything. I missed it. I can't, I'm trying to remember now which ones were supposed to be uh, these satanic messages backwards and stuff like that. I never, I never heard that. Any of you hear it? Did you? Well, this one apparently now this satanic ritual apparently is more out there, and it happens to involve what I think is the most popular person on the planet right now. Yep, Taylor Swift. The accusation comes from Boyzone band member Shane Lynch. I don't know what Boyzone is. I've never heard of Shane Lynch before, but Shane is upset. He's accused Taylor Swift of embedding evil messages in her music and performing satanic rituals during her concerts. Yes. Yes. I knew the Chiefs were up to something. Here's what he had to say, whoever he is. I think when you're looking at a lot of the artists out there, a lot of their stage shows are satanic rituals live in front of 20,000 people without them realizing it and recognizing it. You'll see a lot of hoods and masks on fire during these ceremonies. Hmm. I didn't know there's hoods and masks at the Taylor Swift shows. Are there? I just thought my daughter had stuff on her jeans and had like a hoodie. Is that the bad part? Is the, oh, no, that's it. He says, a lot of people just, just it, to a lot of people, it's just art. And that's how people are seeing it, unfortunately. But it's not. Says the great Shane, what's his name again? Shane Lynch. You hear that, America? You better look out. He says, when it comes to the music out there at this moment, more, um, he says, there's a lot of hidden satanic imagery and a lot of evil within the shows, including the downbeats. It's real, he says. Music attaches you to your emotions. It has a connection to your spirit and how you feel. Taylor Swift shows their satanic rituals, says the great Shane Lynch. Huh. I didn't know this until I read further. It's not the first time. Should we be surprised? It's not the first time that she has been linked to Satanism and witchcraft. Uh, apparently, during the Eras tour, she went viral for flashing a hand gesture. You ready for it, everybody? Come on. That some interpreted as the sign of the horns, a satanic symbol. 
Yes. Yes. Does that mean the mom moms are in on this? Where are you on this, moms? I mean, I'm just I'm now new to this. I didn't know. Are the moms the ones that are cool with her satanic symbols, or were you tricked too, like I am, with the satanic symbols? Let me throw this out there. So she's probably going to make a few. She's probably worth billion and a half or more. Probably going to make five hundred million dollars this year. You think? So are you alleging that her satanic connection is so important she's willing to run the risk of running off, I don't know, every soccer mom in the United States? Or the soccer mom's in on it. Is that what the Chardonnay is doing to you? Is that what it's doing to you? You drink enough Chardonnay, you become a devil worshiper? Oh, boy. I, you know what? Am I a bad parent if I don't have this conversation with my daughter? I think I'm going to hold off, and I'm going to. I'm okay with Taylor Swift. Call me a bad parent. I'm going to let this one go. I'm probably not going to bring up devil worshiping to my kid. Make sure you check out the Jeff Ward Show podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.